0: Really happy to be here. It's like a yearly pilgrimage or something (laughs) coming here. I just want to talk to you about something that you may have seen. All of us have seen church separation, church divisions, or we've experienced them ourselves. But over the last three years, we actually have seen a church merger. And I would say that's a miracle because the Bible says, how can two walk together except they be agreeing? Well, we're talking about... 80 in each church, maybe, or 100 trying to agree with 80 in the other. (laughs) How is that possible? Well, our church was called Tree of Life, and the other church was called Living Stones. We had known them for like 30 to 35 years, believe it or not. Both of our churches were started at the same period. And over the past uh, seven years, the other church lost their building. The government took it away. Laws are super strict in France. Uh, When you have more than a certain number of people, you have to have all kinds of regulations met. And so they had to abandon their building. Well, we said, okay, you can use ours on Saturday evenings. We'll use it on Sundays. So they helped us pay for our rent and, and... We saw them occasionally, and then we started having community meals a little bit together. And after about two years, our church went through a major problem, and John was actually put out as a pastor. Uh, (laughs) It was really hard. So we started seeing the other church more and more, and uh, we started meeting together, Little by little, our hearts became really knit together. And over the past year, we became one church. And we even changed our names to a Christian Assemblée Chrétienne, which doesn't mean um, Assembly of God or anything. It's just a name. And it's a vineyard church. So we were really, really pleased that God's used all of that to unite us. Actually, all the hardships brought us together. And John is now free to do a lot more traveling, because there's another pastor, which we love, and his name is Didier He's much younger. He's got the energy, and uh, not that John didn't, but but anyway, (laughs) he can keep running for another 30 years. So um, I just wanted to say that was really a blessing from God. Okay, here's John.
1: You can put it back, put it back. Simon, hey, dude, I really enjoyed you playing. I mean, that really touched my heart. And I want to pray over you that that you learn at your age how to work with God in what he's called you to do. Because I think he's really called you to do that. And it's so hard to find that balance of working with God and not being a rock star or being a wallflower, somewhere between a rock star and a wallflower, yeah, anointed by God, Lord, anoint this kid, Lord, move on his heart, I know with his music, what he's playing this morning, you moved on my heart, and I ask you to return that to him as a blessing, in Jesus' name, amen? So I'm going to try to explain in two minutes the French political situation. Now, I know you're all dying to hear about this, so I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, There's a guy named Emmanuel Macron that he was an an investment banker in the top-notch Rothschild Bank in France. Not not the -the run-of-the-mill guy, you know. And he was in the socialist government, and he quit the government about a year and a half, two years ago. So this guy has never won an election for anything, especially politically. He's never won anything. So he quits the government, and he kind of looks at the presidential election. He said, I'm going to run for president. Well, he had no party. He had no backing. Uh, People kind of knew his name. And he started running, and he got traction. But he had no party. Nothing. And lo and behold, he wins the election. He wins the election. And so everybody, the whole country's in a state of shock. Nobody knows what to do about this. Now, in France, you have the presidential election, and one month later, the legislative election for Congress only. Okay? So here's a president without a party. And he decides, well, I need a party. So he puts ads up on the Internet. Do you want to become a Congressman? Apply online. <laughs> hey, I, I'm not joking. Apply online. So he gets all these applications. I want to be a congressman, blah 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 blah. blah. So he have all these people, and they had to sort through the whole mess. So they have congressional elections, and everybody's going, "No, he can't possibly do this. Uh bah, he did. Two thirds of the congressmen are from his party that a month before didn't exist in that form. Does that sound like American politics? <laughs> I've heard so many Trump jokes for and against all. So so you got two thirds of the Congress that is from his party 80% of those people have zero political experience. Now, I don't know. I haven't read this. I'm just I'm getting kind of weird here. Maybe the guy was flapping burgers at McDonald's. I don't know. But people came out of the woodwork to become congressmen. So you, you got the majority of everybody in Congress. They don't have a clue what they're doing. And that's the government. Now... In America, you have the Congress and you have the Senate, okay? I didn't mention the Senate. Well, they're elected in another way altogether. So he won the presidential. He won two-thirds of the Congress. He has zero senators. Now, how's that going to work? Nobody knows, but it's kind of working. So everybody in Europe, everybody in Europe looks at the situation, absolute astonishment. How can this happen? I looked at it in astonishment. I said, Lord, this is this is amazing. The guy comes out of nowhere. He's 40 years old. His wife is 25 years older than he is. He was his high school teacher. That's that's a little to chew on, huh? And I I, I prayed about this. And I said, Lord, I'm absolutely astonished. Everybody is. And the Lord spoke to me. And I'm going to share what he said. He said, you look on the political world in astonishment of what has happened. The day is coming soon. The world will look upon the church in astonishment because I'm going to shake up the church I'm going to change things I'm going to bring things around in another way I'm going to make the church be the church that I want the church to be do you follow my English? okay and God is going to do something in the church here and elsewhere where we're at in France and I'm, I'm excited is this an exciting day? Well, I, I, I think it got to about to the third row. It got exciting. And after that, there was a sudden drop-off. <laughs> the tables dropped off there. <laughs> okay, uh, about the ministry, what we're doing in ministry. Um, I'm free to travel a lot. Gloria said something. and I, I was surprised she said that, but she said it, that I was kicked out as pastor. That's true. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> This is unbelievable. I I have to add a little footnote to what she said. Okay, I have to do this. I get kicked out as pastor, and the people who kicked me out immediately left the church. Now, that's about as weird as the French presidential election. So here I am. We're still in the same church. We haven't left the church. We love the church. We founded the church. They're our kids. We love the church. We cherish them. Uh, God's led us to travel a lot. It was hard being a missionary sometimes. Gloria's coming with me for my next trip, and ah, man, it's really difficult at times. So you you, you pray for us when we go to Tahiti, okay? Not much reaction. I'm surprised at that. the best beaches in the world. Uh, I'm president of a French Bible Institute that's all over the world. It comes out of Des Moines, Iowa, in-state. And they're starting up a French Bible Institute in Tahiti. You know, they need the gospel too. You know, I don't care where you live, if you're an Eskimo or if you live in Tahiti or if you live in France, you need the gospel. There's no substitute. And the Lord's really opened doors for us (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's strange. Uh, 25 years ago, I wanted some of those doors to open, and they were closed. And now, you know, it's kind of strange. that I could care less. That's not on my agenda. I just want to do God's will. That's really all I want. Before, it was, you know, a good dose of personal ambition. And the difference is God, he's opening the doors now, in the month of May and June, well, from uh, early spring on to May and June ministered or touched about fifty churches that 's a lot of churches wears me out we 're not talking about my wife she doesn 't travel that much with me but it's it's really a blessing to see that God promotes God demotes God does with our lives what he wants and it 's been a tremendous season of Favor. You know, I like that season. I like that season. We saw a video this morning for Sunday school about walking through the desert. Uh, whenever you walk through the desert, the game plan is you walk through the desert to go into the promised land. That's the game plan. But it's not always easy to manage living in the promised land. Sometimes it's harder. When you're walking in God's favor, because it is a whole different game. Okay, I'm going to preach this morning. Is that okay with you? Okay, you get came to me a couple years ago, a good number of years ago, in fact, and she said, uh, she poured out her heart. And she says, I don't hear God speak to me. You get up and preach, and you say, God spoke to me. God never speaks to me. And I said, oh, boy. Lord, this is a big question for you, get. I want to get it right. Help me. So I said, you get, are you a Christian? Yeah, I've even been baptized the right way. (laughs) No reaction, okay, that's great. (laughs) And I said, you get, are you a Christian? Yeah, 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 I'm a Christian. Well, how can you say you're a Christian if God didn't speak to your heart telling you that you were a Christian or did you just invent it? Well, I guess he spoke to me at least once when I got saved. God did speak to my heart. I know I'm a Christian. And I said, you get, you know, the, the, the whole thing is really simple. Revelation 19.10 said, the spirit of prophecy, that is Jesus himself, is the spirit of prophecy. And the spirit of prophecy... It's very simple. It's not complicated. God speaks to our hearts. Sometimes we speak it to other people. The spirit of prophecy is God's voice speaking into us. And if He calls us to transmit it, that is a prophecy for the assembly. So do you hear God's voice? You get had her problems. Do you hear God's voice? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She went home kind of confused, but happier. She was happier. She said, yeah, God did speak to me. Well, how did you come to our church? Well, God showed me this is where I was supposed to go. And we reconstructed little by little parts of her life where she could clearly say, yeah, God did show me that. Okay, he showed you that. In a sense, he showed you that. He spoke that to you. He made it known to you that was what you're supposed to do. Um, this morning, if you're here, I don't know if you know Jesus. I hope you do. But if you don't, the whole objective of being a Christian is hearing God in our lives. Hear what he says about his son Jesus, about the good news that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We don't have to walk in sin and confusion and, and all the stuff the world's going through. Okay. Okay. This is a European radio face, and that radio, if you look at it, Ronnie, you've got a hard time seeing it from the other side. Can you see it from there? Okay. It it's old, it's dirty, and the radio doesn't work. If you're not hearing God's voice, hey ho, there's reasons. Uh that radio, do you think that radio works? Nah, it's it's cruddy. It's old. But Where that radio was, were there radio waves? Are there radio waves right here, right now? Are there? Are there radio waves in the back? Is God speaking to you right now? Kind of. doesn't have to be the second, but God's voice is available. You know, I can go home. When I get home, sometimes I turn on the radio. And I turn on the radio, and my radio, I can't say that my radio has ever failed me. The waves are there, and all I need is that little box, and blip, and it works. God's voice is there in our lives. And it doesn't go away. I don't care if you haven't heard God your whole life. It, His voice is there. He wants to speak to you. Um, yeah, I see there's a number of couples in the room. Number of couples in the room. When the guys come home at work at night, what's going to happen when he sees his wife? What's going to happen? Uh oh, I got a victim here. <laughs> what's going to happen? Uh, is that your wife? Yes. I hope so. <laughs> Okay, okay, he comes home. What happens when you walk in? Oh, you're home. Okay, what happens when you walk in? You walk in the house, what happens? I smell what he's cooking. Okay. Does he talk to you? Of course he does. Of course he does. (laughs) I know guys don't talk as much as women. I know that. Depends. That comes from my wife. It depends. So if the radio doesn't work, uh, whose fault is it? If the radio doesn't work, is it the radio station with the airwaves? Or is it the radio's fault? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's very uh, I don't remember my whole life except for, do they still do It's been a long time since we've been gone guys. Do they still do Conrad alerts? The air you mean the emergency signal? emergency signal 640 on your dial or something like that. has been a couple of years since I've heard that. Emergency. They they don't do that when they shut all the radios down. And they only do the emergency alert thing. Yeah, well, I grew up with that. You know that. You remember that? Yeah, but that was a long time ago. So, if the radio doesn't work, huh? Big existential. This is an existential question. Why doesn't the radio work? We got batteries. Is it plug in? Is it broke? If you're not hearing from God, that is an existential question, and I really. This is not legalistic. I'm not accusing you, but I'm encouraging you. If you can't say this morning, I hear from God, I really encourage you, find out why. Find out why. There's nothing more important in a Christian's life than to hear what God has to say in our lives. The times that we're going into are going to be very difficult. And the safest place in the world is to be in the center of God's will the way he speaks to us. There's nothing better. You can buy Jim Baker uh, freeze-dried hush puppies, I don't know. And that's not going to protect you. It's God's voice that will lead you in the way. And that's really Really, what counts? There's nothing better in life's decision. You get, I didn't ask you to get, well, how did you marry your husband? Because she got married before she was a Christian. If you get married as a Christian, is it a good idea to hear God's voice about that? If you don't, you are flaming. No, I won't say that. (laughs) You're nuts. Why? First thing, uh, do you ever see a kid like that? Mm, no, I don't want to hear. A lot of people don't want to hear God's voice. I remember a guy in Columbus years ago led his sister to the Lord, and, and one day I I asked your sister, well, how's your brother doing? And she said, well, he won't come to church. Why won't he come to church? Well, he's got this thing. He doesn't come to church because he doesn't want to become a Christian because he's convinced if he becomes a Christian, God will speak to him and make him to go into ministry. And he doesn't want to go into ministry, so he decided to cut it at the beginning. I won't go to church, so therefore I won't go into ministry. He was afraid of God's voice. Uh, Adam and Eve, they're walking around the garden. They were scared stiff when God speaks to us, he can say, shape up or ship out. He can't say that, can't he? Do you ever say that to you, Jeff? Uh, uh. (laughs) But the vast majority of times, vast majority of times, when God speaks to us, it's gentle, spiritual, it's encouraging, it's good. That's the majority of what God says to us. It's kind of like being a parent. Most of the times when you speak to your kid, if you're always yelling at your kid, you're a bad parent. I'm sorry. You need to love the kid. loving words. You know how that shakes down, but you've you got to you have to correct. Sure. Uh, the kid possibly just wants to do her own thing. Eat your meal. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to eat my meal. I want to do it my way. Uh, I worked one day and it was very hard work, more than twelve hours, blistering sun. I go home at night, (coughs) go to bed. It's about nine thirty, and I had a form of fever because I was so overheated, and I'm laying there in bed. And the Lord spoke to me. Now, I'm not a, really, I'm not a mystic. I don't go around hearing voices all the time. That's not it. But I'm, I'm sharing from personal experience. So the Lord sh- shares with me, I want to speak to you. I don't want to speak to you. Go away. I'm tired. I want to sleep. So I told him off. Real good? So I'm laying there in bed utter silence. John, I want to speak to you. This was not audible, okay? But I knew that I knew that I knew. I want to speak to you. (laughs) Look, I don't want to talk to you. I get involved in a conversation with you, and this is going to last all night. Something's going to happen. You're going to tell me something, and I'm going to flip out, and I'm not going to get to sleep, and I'm tired. Go away! Go away! I actually said that to God. You know, I could do an altar call right now and I could say who has never said God go away, raise your hand. And there'd be no hands raised. <laughs> except I've just laid it out. So there I am in bed, utter silence, doing my best to hurry up to go to sleep. And I hear a third time. I want to speak to you. And all of a sudden, the cycle of Jesus speaking to Peter three times, twice. I said, well, okay. Maybe just this time I'll, I'll listen. And the Lord spoke one sentence to me. I'm calling you tonight to be a teacher in the body of Christ. That was it. I didn't sleep all night. I got up and jumped up and down on my bed. I was so happy. I I didn't know I was coming apart. I felt like a nuclear reactor. The next morning I went to work. I was renewed with no sleep. But I didn't want to hear God. And when you get into a situation where you're locked in, you don't want to hear it, lighten up. (laughs) <laughs> I, I pray that you remember this story I just told you. Lighten up. A lot of people are duped in believing they can't hear God. A lot of people believe I can't hear God. Poor you get. And somehow there's a fine line between I can't hear God and I don't want to hear God. And you don't want to go there. I don't want to hear God. You don't want to do that. That's not a good thing for you. now, This poor guy is the victim of 21st century America. He's a victim of saturation. There is so much going on. You know, when I was your age, I listened to radio. That was it. I mean, television, we had television. We never watched it. It was there. My mom watched it. I didn't watch it. I listened to Radio. And we have such a saturation of information, internet. You guys, you know that. But how do you deal with that? One really small thing that I do. It's a small thing and I'm so glad that I, I've done it for, I don't know, a couple of years, two, three years. When I get up in the morning, I go out and do something, I never turn on the radio in the car. I never listen to anything. I just... Jesus, I'm driving for you. And I'm listening. I'm listening. And to avoid media saturation, communication saturation, to avoid that, you have to shut down the systems. Hey-ho! Shut them down. If you want to hear God, shut down the communication systems. Uh... Daniel had his fast in his day. In the Jews, they had their fast, they had all different kinds of fast. And I think it'd be really good for America to go on a communications fast, just to hear God. Just to say we won't eat, we won't partake of Facebook, Internet, email, all that stuff that's out there. That that's not the objective. The objective is to turn our heart clear the table and let God speak to us and let God speak to us that's I think one of the major issues of the church today there's so much confusion in the church today because there's so much over communication that is vain that is worthless that is pointless it's of no value at all and we're saturated with that and to come back to the Lord we have to hear what he's telling us and there are no shortcuts there do your people say amen sometimes? Uh. <laughs> your ear is stopped up. I had a pretty bad ear stop up a couple of years ago. And uh, I was doing the Q-tip thing. I thought he was going to dig a hole to China with his Q-tip. I Ended up with the, the doctor. And he said, oh, man, you're really blocked up. You can't hear. I couldn't hear. It was my hearing. And he said, take this little this little oily thing and do drops in your ear two, three times a day and and it'll take time. It'll take time. It will take time. He warned me. Do it when you get up, when you go to bed. So I did that and nothing happened. One day, two days, three days. it's almost a week and uh, put it in my ear and I got up the next morning and my pillow was kind of a Mess from what was in there, and I said, Man, it really did take time for you to overcome this. It will take time, there is no premium, there's no other way around it. It takes time, God. I want to hear you, I want to hear you every day. Make it your call. Jesus, where are you? What are you doing in my life? What do you want to do in my neighbor's life? What do you want to do in my wife's life? And it will take time. Don't be surprised if, you know, God, I want to hear you speak. It may take a month. I don't know. But don't expect to snap your fingers. God is not on broadband. Whoa. He takes his own time. You have no instant connections. So you're being stopped up. Result of all that, this is not legalistic. I'm not here to condemn anybody. But there's a cause, there's an effect. If you're not hearing God, if you don't know that God is speaking to your heart, the result, just keep your eyes on the screen, you'll see the result. it's coming. Frustration. If you got home, You walked in the door and he wouldn't talk to you. You'd be frustrated. But no, what did I do? Oh my. He's not talking anymore. And bottom line, if God's not speaking to you, I'm speaking to your gut this morning. If God's not speaking to you, there's somewhere there an emptiness that only he can fill. Only he can fill. Jesus is quite capable and he's quite desirous to fill that spot. Uh, when God speaks, do you listen? Do you listen? In Missouri years ago, I owned a company. In Missouri, there's this strange law. You don't have to insure cars or trucks. It wasn't required by law except in the case of an accident. If you had an accident, you had to be insured. But you can, you can drive all you want to, but you can't have an accident. <laughs> now, you, you, this is Missouri. This is not Ohio. So I had no insurance. And one day I'm driving down the street, and uh, the Lord spoke to me. Buy insurance. Well, I don't know any agents. Don't worry, I'll show you. He showed me, drove in the parking lot, got out, went into the office, told him what I wanted, and the guy gave me a quote. It was $232. I had $257 in my business bank account. I had $25 for the rest of the week for my business bank account, about 10 employees. I was skating on thin ice with $237 or $47, but, you know, that emptied the bank account, and I looked at the guy and said, really, thank you, I really appreciate that, you know, it's really good, good, bye. So I got up, I walked towards the door, I grabbed the doorknob, because the door was closed, I grabbed the doorknob to open the door, my hand hits the doorknob, and I hear again, how many times do I have to speak to you before you obey me? Oh, that sounded pretty serious. How many times do I have to speak to you before you obey me? Do <sighs> you ever feel awkward in the Lord? I was quite awkward. I closed the door, came back in, and I sat down. He said, make it effective immediately. The poor insurance man was they know when they lost the fish. And me, big fish, I was gone. And to see me come back and say, make it effective immediately. 17 hours later, I had an accident. Other guy's fault. If I had had the accident without insurance, my fault automatically. That's Missouri law. The woman on my right was projected into the windshield of the car. Her medical cost 40 years ago. This is an old story. Medical costs 40 years ago were $125,000. How many times does God have to speak to you before you obey? It's really good to do it the first time. (laughs) What did he say? What did he say? What does God tell you? I remember one of the very first times God spoke to me. And I'm going to try to do this. I need your help, okay? Okay. My memory is failing me. I'm going to try to do this. I was coming out of a drug-crazed, hippie, new-age, weirdo background, and and I was just minding my own business in my bedroom one day, and this song popped into my head. And this song, I mean, it really, boom! You know, it's like toast coming out of a toaster. Boom! It popped out. And I said, man... I'm going to sing that song. I'm going to sing that song. Now, I don't have a good voice. So I'm going to sing the first part, and you're going to join in 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 the chorus, and we're going to sing the chorus, okay? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones in him belong. He, we are weak, but he is strong. Okay, all the other now. Yes. Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. I was conscious that day that God spoke to me. I heard that he loves me. I couldn't, I was astounded that he loves me. Some of you need to go home and sing that song in the shower, huh? You need to really get into it, sing it, because he does love you. That's what he's trying to tell you. (sighs) Special slide for people in Wayne. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. When you hear his voice, you follow. How do you know to hear his voice? Well, the issue is my sheep hear my voice. They hear the voice of the master. Why? Because he knows them. The master knows them. He knows who they are, so they know that he knows who they are. And when they know that he knows who they are, they are satisfied. And they say, if he knows who I am, then I know who I am and I can follow. Are you with me? Not everybody. I, I can't repeat that. <laughs> I can't do that. Okay. Did you record it in case anybody wants <laughs> an instant replay? That, that's the issue. I know. I went to a farm in California one time, and a guy was a sheep farmer, and he said, "Come on, we're going to prove that verse." We went out behind the sheep shed, and he said, "I got a got a sheep out there called Matilda. You call Matilda." I said Matilda, 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 Matilda. No action. The guy made a fool out of me. I tried every voice possible, and he just Matilda. Rump, 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 rump. She comes along, and it really marked me how true that is. So I remember the first time I told that story. I remember the first time I told that story. I was really happy, young preacher, telling this big story about sheep hearing people's voices and stuff. And I tell the story, and, and this woman comes up to me afterwards, and she's got a young woman, 25-ish, with her, and she said, it's amazing. It's amazing. What? Well, the story. Well, this young woman just accepted the Lord, and and, and she came to this meeting tonight, and she had to leave her daughter with a babysitter. It's the first time in her life. She left her daughter with a babysitter, and we had to pray so she could get out of the house and leave her in the hands of a babysitter. And she prayed, Lord, I know your voice, but I don't know that you know Matilda. Do you know Matilda, my daughter? And you told the story about the sheep Matilda, and that's her daughter's name this woman is in a state of shock. God speaks to us. That is normal? I'm going to put that one in a crock pot and let it simmer. That is normal? Just let it simmer. Stuff like that is normal when we do hear his voice. Finishing up, hear, O Israel, Jehovah, our God is one. The Jews oftentimes going to the temple before a reading of the scripture, they would say, hear, Israel. There's admonitions all through the Bible. Hear, all the way to a revelation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock if... Anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with them. You've got to hear. But you know what? It's in your capacity. You can hear God. He wants to speak to you. If God requires us, he requires us to hear his voice. Now, that's up in the volume a little bit. He requires us to hear his voice. To be good sheep, to be good Christians, to be a good church, the church needs to hear his voice. It would be utter, weighing my words, it would be utter cruelty if God requires us to hear his voice and we can't really hear. You never ask your kid to do something he absolutely cannot do. That's cruelty. And when he requires us to listen, to hear, it's within our means and God wants to meet us right there. And you shall love Jehovah your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. That's the following verse. That's the crux of the whole gospel. If you hear that, that's, if you hear it, that's what he's going to tell you right up front. That's the number one message. I love you, you love me. When's the last time you told your husband you loved him? Daily. <laughs> Daily. Now, there's a lot of ways to end this. And frankly, Ron, I don't know how, because the time. Um, I don't want things to just flutter around and just sort of go out the back door. Uh, I'd like really to have you commit yourself in one way or another to saying, God, I desperately need to hear your voice. Um, I'm just going to close in prayer, but I'd ask you to get with somebody after the service, during the week, or beginning of the service next week, come and drink your coffee and ask. Pray with somebody. Pray with somebody. And make a commitment. God, I want to hear you speak to me into my situation, my family life, my unemployment, my educational opportunities, my retirement. God, I need to hear what you have to say to me. Does that seem unreasonable? Okay. Okay. I'm going to pray, and I, I'm really asking. I'm going to use the word I don't use. I don't use this word. Because to me, it's, it's sacred in a funny, strange way. This word is sacred to me. It's strange with me. I'm begging. That's the sacred word. I'm begging for a response from your hearts, a commitment before God. I want to hear your voice, O oh God. Father God, Open up the channels, unclog ears, unclog hearts filled with sin, confusion, strife, anything imaginable. Lord, this church needs to hear your voice for the direction of this church. Together, together, Lord. Individuals in this church need to hear your voice. You're going to ramp up the speed on this church Things are going to happen, and you need people that obey you, that listen to your voice, that are willing to step out. Lord, that this be a church of faith, motivated by your directives, motivated by what you share from your heart. Lord, I'm going to say it one more time in prayer. I beg for a a response from everybody in this place. I want to hear your voice, oh Lord, in Jesus' name. It'll do you a whole lot of good, a whole lot of good. God bless you. God bless you.
2: Just like the ushers have come forward, we're going to take up our love offering now. Get a chance to hear God's voice what he would say about what to give sometimes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just pray you just bless this offering. Lord, just use it to further your kingdom through through John and Gloria, Lord, that uh, they might continue to serve you. We thank you for our privilege we have to serve with them and to support them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I found it interesting as John and I were visiting last evening that he told a story that I th- it really spoke to me, but he was, uh, last year we talked about when John was here that he was going to be traveling to some Arab nations, and he shared about the fact that he was, had to go to, an, or he wanted to go to an Arab country. They wanted him to come and set up a Bible institute. To go to that country, he had to buy a ticket first and then get approved. And so he bought a ticket to get, fly to the country to find out he was going to get turned down. And then he had to eat the ticket. I thought, wow, you know, a cost—a cost—to do something you didn't even get to do, you know. So what he was saying was how difficult it is to get into these countries that really want to hear the gospel. There's people in these countries that want it, but it's very difficult to get in. So you know, just things that things that we sit here and don't think about, you know, like what 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 he has to deal with and things that are out there that uh, are things that you know God has to work through all that. So, okay, let's all stand. If you would like prayer after the service, John will be available to come up and let him pray with you. Um, we will have to take up the chairs up front this, this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we just pray you'd help us to, to listen. Lord, open our ears. Lord, help us to know that you want to speak to us, no matter who we are. It doesn't matter who we are. You want to speak to our hearts. Lord, help us to hear. Help us to hear your voice. Lord, we just thank you for that. As we go forth, Lord, help us to be faithful to you, to hear what you want us to do individually and as a church. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.